Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. And the way I feel the Lord is leading me is to do a series on the Jesus of the book of Revelation and the seven churches of Revelation. And uh, I don't think I've ever done a series on Revelation because it just hasn't been in my spirit to do it. But with everything that's going on in the world, I think, look at me, look at me. I think we need to be aware of how close we are to the coming of the Messiah. Amen. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I'm ho- I hope we have, you know, 20 years. I, ho- I hope we, we have 30 years. Uh, and maybe we do. Nobody knows. But the Bible does say, like a woman birthing a baby, look for the signs. One of the things that we're seeing, and there is no explanation to it, is an epidemic rise of anti-Semitism in the world. All of a sudden, the world hates the Jews. It's higher now than it was during the time of Nazi Germany. Can you believe that? By the way, don't eat Ben and Jerry's anymore. Don't eat Ben and Jerry's anymore. If you're going to boycott Israel, we're going to boycott you. Say amen. Now, I'm telling you, say, well, what can I do? When you start touching their pocketbooks, you'll change, you'll change things. Amen. I got a phone call. I, I am going to preach. I got a phone call. I got a phone call uh, when I was, uh, when our family was on vacation. And it's a man who is a ver- very... A powerful man in Washington, D.C., and he said, Pastor Larry, have you heard about Ben and Jerry's boycotting the settlement issue in Israel? And I said, yes, I have. And he said, how do you feel like that? And I said, I'm going to tell everybody I know, don't eat Ben and Jerry's because if you're an anti-Semite, we are not going to use your products. This is what's called, this is what the state of Texas stood against. It's called uh, the BDS movement, boycotting uh, everything that comes out of the nation of Israel. So if you boycott Israel, we as believers in the Bible and followers of a Jewish Jesus, we boycott you. Because I will bless those who bless Israel and I will curse those who curse Israel. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist. I choose blessing. Right? If you stick your finger in this light socket, it will kill you. Well, I'm not going to go. I'm not sticking my finger in there. Doesn't take a genius to know that. So I got a call from Washington, and they said, where do you stand? And I told them where I stand. And they said, these are, these are politicians. And they said, we knew you'd say that, Pastor. We were in a meeting, and we said, who can we get? That is a Christian 
that can make a, be a spokesperson for this internationally. And everybody looked and said, Pastor Larry and New Beginnings. And so we don't know where this is going to go, but we are going to stand against the nation of Israel, uh, stand against those who stand against the nation of Israel. Uh, another sign that we need to be aware of. And, 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 you know, these things come a little bit once in a while. These things are all coming together real quick. One of the things the Bible says is that you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast. On the news, on the news, they're saying, what are we going to do with people who don't get the vaccine? Now, I got the vaccine. Tiz got the vaccine because of her immune system. Our, her doctor said we had to do it. But a lot of people don't feel like they should do it. I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast. I believe the vaccine is a prelude to the mark of the beast. Because they're saying right on the news, if you don't, in Europe, they're, they're, they're protesting all through Europe. You have to have a passport. And, it, and they're saying in America, we need to, they were saying right on the, on the news, if you don't have the vaccine, you can't buy groceries, you can't buy gas. Guys, that's a prelude to the mark of the beast. It's not the birthing of the baby, but it's, you know, Tiz and I were sitting out on our, on our, on our, on our backyard and, you know, I have cattle. I, I have a few I had cattle. And uh, I looked at one of the mother cattle, mother cattle. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, I think she's going to have a baby real soon. Tiz goes, what makes you think? I said, look how she's laying. She's not laying. She's like, and Tiz goes, yeah, it looks like there's no more room at the end. <laughs> and I said, you know, I think she's going to have it pretty soon. Well, I was out tending the cattle and the horses yesterday, and all of a sudden, I look over, bloop. There are signs. Don't be blind. But if you were to pin me down, I think we got a little time left. I think God's going to give us a little time. I know the wicked servant says the master delays his coming, and I, and I, believe, the, I believe the signs are strong enough that we could see the Messiah come before we finish this service. But if you were to ask me what I feel in my gut, my spirit, my heart, I think I, I really believe that God is looking at the church right now. And he's looking at the church. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into my message. But I believe God's looking at the church and saying, lukewarm, hot, lukewarm, hot, lukewarm, hot. And those that are lukewarm are going to miss everything. Those that are paying attention that are seeing the signs, reading the times of God, and saying, you know what? I need, to, I need to be serving God. I need to quit messing around. I need to get right with God. Because once the rapture takes place, everybody's going to go, well, I, I, I meant to get right, but it's too late. So I really believe that there is a great outpouring that's taking place right now. It's already started. Spiritually, financially, in all different kinds of ways, and those who are going through the motions, I love you, Lord, they're going to miss it. But those that are saying, Lord, there's no more room at the end. Something's about to happen. You're going to experience the greatest outpouring in the history of the church. How many are ready for that? Now, let me say this. That's a prophetic word for you. That's a prophetic word. The rapture is not the judgment of God on the world. The rapture is the judgment of God 
in the church. There are going to be some that are going to miss it. Because we only go to church once in a while. Or we're just not convenient. Or we're Christians on Sunday morning, but we're not Christians on Monday afternoon. This is a wake-up call. In ancient Hebrew, there's no word for what? God gave me this message here when I was in Colorado. And I'm looking at it, and I realized... We've got Alvin coming in, which is one of my best friends for years and years. We've got, uh, I've got the breath of God you want me to teach. I've got the series of revelations you want me to teach. And I said, God, when am I supposed to give this? And then I get a phone call that Alvin is ill. And so what Satan's meant for evil, and by the way, he's just had surgery. He's doing well. He's getting going. And so we keep him in prayer. What he's a, he's a, you all knew who Alvin Slaughter is? He is a, he's been a friend of my wife and I for 20-something years. We've done conferences together and in Portland and stuff. Just, he is just a sweet, sweet, godly man, a wonderful man of God. So keep him in prayers. His best is yet to come, too. But when I realized I needed to preach, you know, Nancy texted me and John texted me, Scott texted me and said, you know, Alvin wasn't going to be here and I wasn't supposed to preach. I was going to be here, but I wasn't supposed to preach. They said, you know, we could get this and that. And I said, no, I'm ready. Let's go. And then I realized with this message, now listen to what I'm saying. With this message that God gave me for today, it dovetails with Tomorrow evening at sundown, we begin the month of Elul on the Hebrew calendar. Now, look, I know I'm taking a long time to get going, but listen to me. This wasn't supposed to happen. The message that I'm going to give you, a revelation that if you'll pay attention to it, your life will be changed forever. That's what church should be about. We hear something that will change us forever. That's what church should be about. And I had this message. I didn't know where am I going to be able to teach it. Then this, then this door opened up because of, of, of Alvin. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, tomorrow night, tomorrow night begins the month of Elul. L- l- listen to what the scripture says. Let me just read this for you. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from night. Now listen to this. They shall serve as signs. Now in English, it says they shall serve for signs and seasons and for the days and the years. But in Hebrew, it doesn't say seasons. It says, these shall serve as signs for God's set times, his sacred times. So when we read that, well, these would be signs for seasons. We're thinking winter, spring, summer, and fall. That's not what it says. That God on his calendar has seasons, sacred times times are you looking at me sacred set times in which god does something at that time that he doesn't do any other time 
He is God 24-7. But these seasons and these set times, these sacred times are there so that we know it's happening right now and we don't miss what God is doing. If we don't know it, we miss it. How many churches in the world right now in Dallas are, are teaching about the coming of El Ul tomorrow night? If they're not teaching it, then whoever's sitting there is missing that set time, that sacred moment that God is doing something. Are you with me? Now, I know I'm saying this slow, but because it's new, to, it's new to a lot of people. To many of you, I'm just being redundant. But to most people, they have no idea that these things happen according to God's timetable. And in these set times, sacred things happen. Now, the Bible says in... Hebrews 10 and Colossians, I think Colossians 2, it talks about the Jewish law. And it says the law is a shadow of things to come. This is one of the worst teachings the church has ever received. Well, we're not under the curse of the law. And we think that by following the biblical laws of the Bible... Somehow that's a curse. Can I explain to you two things so that you understand? When somebody says, well, we're not under the curse. Oh, we keep Shabbat. We celebrate Rosh Hashanah. We celebrate Yom. Well, we're not under the curse of the law. Let me explain first. The word law in Hebrew means a teacher, a guide. There's your blessing. Follow this guide and you'll get to your blessing. In Greek, the word law means legalism. Two different words. We don't go to heaven because we pay our tithe or because we don't gossip. We're just blessed because we pay our tithe and because we don't gossip and because we love everybody, whether they're white or brown or black or male or female. We're blessed because of that. They will know that you are my disciples in one thing. What? You have love for one another. You have love for black people, white people, brown people, male people, female people, uh, 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 Asian people, Native American people. You, don't, you can be a racist and go to heaven. You're just not living in my neighborhood. And you won't feel good in my church. Right? We're saved by grace. But once we're saved, we're to follow the teachings of God if we want to be blessed. Is, is, that, is that difficult to understand? Right? So the word law in Hebrew and, and Jews, I, 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 you know, I fellowship with Jews all the time. And they, they you know, we, we had some heads of state. Uh, from Israel at our house uh, uh, several months ago. And uh, it was uh, the counting of the Omer going into uh, Passover. 
and we're having dinner, all kosher meal, kosher plates, kosher everything. And I said uh, to these Jewish brothers who are Orthodox, I said, shouldn't we uh, get up and pray? It's time to count the Omer. And they went, we're going to tell the world. Our pastor's the one that reminded us to count the Omer. It's not legalism. If, if I want to be blessed, how many want to be blessed? All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever sinned since you've been a Christian? And lying is a sin. How many have ever sinned since you've been a Christian? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Do you want to be forgiven for that? Okay. How many has ever sinned against you? Have you forgiven them? If you don't forgive them, you can't be forgiven. Now you'll still make heaven your home, but you're not going to be blessed. It's going to block your butt. That's not legalism. That's the teaching. Oh, I need a, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going over to the Presbyterian side. You are doing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when it says we're not under the curse of the law, it doesn't mean that we don't follow the teachings of God. But the other part of legalism is this. If you commit adultery, you're going to pay a price. If you steal, you're going to pay a price. But let's say you stole something. And God gets all the heart and you say, God, forgive me. Well, the curse of that law, the, the, the law is, the law is you're going to reap what you sowed. If you steal in a business deal, let's say you steal $100,000, that seed is going to multiply and you'll lose half a million dollars down the line somewhere. But if you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, forgive me, the curse of that sin has been broken, and now we're under the grace of God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Do you understand? Do you understand? So when the Bible says, now listen to what I'm telling you, because this will change your life. When the Bible says that the law is a shadow of things to come, He's not talking about Greek legalism. He's talking about the blessing that we receive in understanding God's teachings. Now, this is especially true concerning the set times of God. Now, I know most of you know this, but where this is going is life-changing. Jesus died on Passover. That was the set time. He didn't die a week before Passover. And I know most of you know this, but sometimes we need to hear it more than once or twice. Jesus died. When they were on the Temple Mount and sacrificed that lamb at that exact second, Jesus shouted, it's finished. And he gave up the ghost. Not around that time, not a week from there, a month from there, or it doesn't matter. No, at that exact moment, that was a shadow. The, the, the Passover lamb was a shadow. It's the same blessing. I know I say this over and over again, but you need to get this. 
when the Passover lamb, when the Passover lamb died on the altar in Jerusalem, the blessing of that lamb, its blood, its sacrifice, its curses being broken was released on all of Israel for one year. When Jesus died on the cross as our Passover lamb, that blessing is released on all of us forever. The Passover lamb was a shadow. Jesus finished the shadow and became the real thing. Same thing with Pentecost, right? On the day of Pentecost, Pentecost is Hebrew Shavuot. The Holy Spirit would fall. God would release finances and God would release the economic blessing for the whole next year. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, not around that time, not a day before, not a week before, not a day after, not close to it, on that exact moment, they were all there. Because they were there waiting for God to release the blessing for the next year. You and I who receive it, we have that blessing until the Messiah comes. Right? All right. So understanding that, the Passover lamb came exact time that the shadow said it would. The power of the Holy Spirit came the exact time, the exact time that the... Holy Spirit, that God said the Holy Spirit would cover us. At that exact moment, boom, it happened. The thing we have left is the rapture, the second coming, and the wedding supper of the Lamb. Now, I may be wrong on this. I know they're recording this. It's on tape. I want everybody listening to this tape to hear. I may be wrong. (laughs) But if the shadow of Passover happened on the exact time of Passover, and the shadow of Pentecost happened on the exact time of Shavuot, I would think that the rapture would happen on Rosh Hashanah, The second coming would happen on Yom Kippur and the Feast of Tabernacles, God dwelling with us, would happen, or the Feast of Tabernacles or the Wedding Supper of the Lamb would happen on the Feast of Tabernacles. I believe that. Now, I might be wrong. And everybody, I've had so many people say, well, the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour. And, And that's explainable too. Because Rosh Hashanah takes two days, Yom Kippur takes two days, we have the seven days in between, there's the rapture, seven years of tribulation, second coming, wedding supper of the Lamb. Now, I don't want to take too much time, but do you all understand that? So I may be wrong, but I don't think so. So what does that have to do with tomorrow night Beginning the month of Elul. The month of Elul is the time of the blowing of the trumpet. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm. Why? 
because 30 days from tomorrow night, something is going to happen. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. One of two things will happen. First, which I hope, is that the rapture takes place. So for 30 days leading up to the rapture, we are to blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. What? Why do we sound the alarm? Because it says in ancient Hebrew, God is saying, you who are asleep, wake up. Something is about to happen. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter what you believe. In 30 days from tomorrow night, something is going to happen. One, it may be the rapture. If it's the rapture, hope you make it. But if it's not the rapture, something happens as a shadow of what will happen at the rapture. How many, how many are going to make the rapture? Okay, when you make the rapture, you and I stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Not, 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 the, not the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment are for those that didn't make the rapture. On the, on the judgment seat of Christ, we made the rapture. You smell like smoke, but you made it. Ooh, that was a close one. I'm sure Pastor Larry, I'm sure God Pastor Larry for 40 days blew that so far. Got my heart right. But once we're there, let's say we're all there. We're all going to stand before Christ. And he's going to look at the book. You have the Lamb's Book of Life. If you made it, you're in the Lamb's Book of Life. But then he's going to look at what you've done. He's going to look at your deeds. And he will reward you forever. Or you will get no reward forever. According to your deeds. Oh, no, no, pastor. No, 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 pastor. We're saved by faith, not by works. You're in heaven. You're in heaven. But you've got to understand that even though you may be in heaven, you will only be rewarded forever, forever, according to what you've done to make this world a better place. Now, let's say the rapture doesn't take place in 30 days. Then God still, just like he did in Passover, just like he did on Shavuot, he would do a temporary judgment for one year. And so in 30 days from tomorrow night, if the rapture doesn't take place, God opens the book, your book. Actually, without getting into too much detail, there are three books. He opens one book, and that's for those who are not serving God. He opens another book for those who are lukewarm. 
And then he opens another book for those who are really serving God. And he decides according to that book. Now remember, that's a shadow of what's going to happen in the rapture. And God will decide in 30 days your blessings for the next year. How many understand once the rapture takes place, it's over? That's why the Bible says, work while it's yet light, for night cometh when no man can work. So once the rapture takes place and you're standing in line and you're seeing all these people get crowned, you go, man, I better, I better give to the widows and the orphans. It's too late. Yeah, you want me to teach this stuff to you? Because it's going to be, get really good here in a minute. Do you understand that? Listen to what, we need to understand what, what a shadow is. A shadow in Hebrew means God's protective presence. So a shadow. In Isaiah 51, 16, he says, I have put my words in your mouth and sheltered you, protected you with the shadow of my hand. When the rapture takes place and God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We are protected from the devil ever, ever stealing that blessing. Even though he's released a thousand years later, we are divinely protected. Are you, am I getting too deep for you? Okay. But if the rapture doesn't take place, then God puts his shadow over you, the, hand, the shadow of his hand. And for all of us who are serving God and doing what God wants us to do and, and, and feeding the widows and the orphans and, and doing what, what, and trying to evangelize the world and stand with Israel, his shadow, no matter what's going on in Washington, what's going on in the world, his shadow is divinely going to protect us. That's, that's a good, and so because of that, he says, blow the trumpet, blow the trumpet, blow the trumpet, wake up, wake up, wake up. Because, man, we've been out running around doing soccer, and we've been running around doing volleyball, and we've been running around building work and building this. And God said, you have 30 days. You have 30. You have 30 days to get up and do something for the world so I can cover you this next year. That's a good God. That's a good God. That's not, that's not, that's not bad. He wants to bless us. The month of Elul, the birth pangs. Oh, they're asking for COVID passports. Oh, they're uh, trying to do this. They're trying to do that. You know, everybody's worried about COVID, COVID in America. Oh my God, COVID in America. What the mayor of McClone said, we just released, forced by the government, released 7,000 today, on this day, 7,000 illegal immigrants, all tested positive for COVID into the United States, and we're doing it every day. The Bible says in the last days, "Eh, eh, good will be evil and evil will be good. Eh, eh." Wake up. 
But for us who go, you know what? You're right. I need to, I need to be back. I need to be doing what God's wanting to do. I'm going to just say this from the heart. I love everybody that's watching on stream. Thank you for watching on stream. But if you're in the area within driving distance, get off the couch and get back in church. A shadow of things to come. Rosh Hashanah. 30 days from now, either the rapture or the open books. It's either, either or. It, it just, it happened every day at Passover. It happened every day on Shavuot. Then Jesus died on the cross and then came Pentecost. These things are going to happen. And gosh, church, I believe we're closer than we've ever been before. Listen to what David said in Psalms 89. He said, blessed are the people who know the sound of the shofar. Now think about in the day of Israel. And people were out there and they didn't have calendars. They didn't have clocks. They didn't have uh, fake news. They didn't have, uh, you know, any of this stuff. They're just tending their sheep. They're working in their shops. They're they're in their vineyards and and they're busy. And all of a sudden you hear, three times a day for for 30 days and they and they go oh my goodness man it's time you know what we haven't we haven't taken care of the widows and the orphans and that's what it is because because come come 30 days from tomorrow night we're we're judged according to our deeds yeah. not whether we believe in Jesus that's the main thing but if you believe we're judged according to our deeds and God will cover us you know, Say, you know, uh, say, Pastor, aren't you scared of what's going on in the world? No, I'm covered. I'm not happy about it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I hope that everybody wakes up and sees what's going on. But I'm covered. How are you covered? We're covered. Now watch this. I got. I'm going to close in ten minutes, kind of. All right. So let me get through this. Right here, I'm going to show you a secret. Oh, we're out of time. Ten more minutes, all right? I'm going to show you a secret. This is what, this is what I was studying up in uh, Colorado, and I go, when am I going to teach this? And then I realized this Sunday opened up for me, and I was, oh, my goodness, Monday is, is the beginning of Elul. Elul is the last physical month of the year. So in 30 days, we have a new beginning. Everything, everything gets fresh. Everything starts over. How many, how many could use a, a new beginning? Amen. Okay. And so I wasn't relating that this is Elul, but I was studying this thing and I go, man, I've got to share that with the church. Ancient Jewish wisdom teaches us this. If a man or a woman sees a crime, sees it with their eyes, that person will never be fit to be a judge. Now, if they hear of a crime, the same crime, and they hear of it, they can still be a judge. But once they see something, the power of seeing is so embedded in your spirit that you're changed forever. Let's say somebody somebody hears of 
it just comes to my mind. I didn't even write this down. Let's say somebody hears of the Holocaust. You hear of the Holocaust. Six million Jews. But talk to people who walked into those camps and saw this. It's one thing to hear about it. It's one thing even to see a picture, but to see it, you're never the same. So the teaching from two weeks ago is this very thing, that to see something will change you so deeply, your life will never be the same. Okay? And here's the Torah portion. Bring up for me, guys, Deuteronomy 11.26. The whole portion, Torah portion, is about seeing something, and you, if you see it, you'll never be the same. Now, in your Bible, in the English Bible, it says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. So here's the scripture. Behold, I set before you, and you, and you, a blessing and a curse. Now here's where the secret comes in. But that's not the way it reads in the original Hebrew. Pull up, show me guys what it says in the original Hebrew. See, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. See, I set before you a blessing and a curse. Now, keep that up there. Remember the teaching. If you see something, it is so embedded in your spirit, you are never the same. In, in Hebrew, every single letter, not one jot or one tittle should be changed because in the Torah, every word has deep meaning. So it doesn't say, behold, I set for before you a blessing. Behold, I set for you before you a curse. It says, see, when you do what I tell you to do, what the blessing is. See it. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, picture the curse. Picture the blessing and picture the curse. Because once you picture the blessing and once you picture the curse, your spirit will never be the same again. Let me give you a bad example. Bad example. How many here have ever seen the Northern Lights? How many have ever seen it? Can you explain it? You can't, can you, brother? You can't, sister, can you? It's like, well, there's purple and there's blue and that. You can't explain. Well, oh, okay. But once you see it and you see in the sky these flashes of lights, right? It's unexplainable. But once you see it, it's set in your mind, okay? What if somebody said... Uh, Somebody said to somebody that's never seen the ocean, well, let me explain to you. It's just water that goes, well, they've seen a creek, they've seen a river, they've seen a lake. Yeah, okay, okay, a, a big body of water. But until you've seen it. But once you've seen it, it sets something in there. So during the time of Elul, 
the blowing of the shofar, we are to see what's going to happen in 30 days. We are to see the blessing that God has for us if we do what God tells us to do. And we are to see the curse that will take place by what we do or we don't do. Let me give you a terrible example. I, I, I've try, I bounced it off everyone. We're all trying to figure out what's a good example. And I, I, no, I, none of us could come up with a good example. But the Bible says there's life and death in the power of your tongue. Put a guard on your mouth. Well, that sounds good. But, but what if you would say, you know what? I lost my job, but God's got a better job for me, honey. We're going to buy a new house. We're going to buy a new car. God's going to bring it. And you see, you see a new job. You see a new car. You see God paying your house off. But on the other side, you go, you know what? We're going to lose everything. All right, stop and see losing everything. See yourself homeless. See yourself without a job. See your kids hungry. I place, see, I place before you a blessing. If you do what I tell you to do, see what the curse is. If you don't do what I tell you to do, see it. Do you see it? Now, understanding that during this time of Elul is the blowing of the shofar. And so we need to see the blessing of God that wants to come. Or we need to see a year without the blessing of God. Right? A year without the blessing of God. We need to picture it. You know, when we were up in, up in uh, Colorado, uh, we had lion with us and Lions running around and fishing and running down the road, falling in the dirt and putting dirt on his head and everything. That wasn't the picture that the devil was trying to show us three years ago. This is the first time we were seeing the results of casting down imaginations. We were seeing the results of putting a guard on our mouth. We were seeing the results of blessing Israel and God would bless us. Right? And that's what this time is about. And, and, and I hope I, I, I'm not doing this justice, but God says here right before every one of us are a year of blessings or a year without blessings. Picture it. Picture it. Terrible illustration, but it'll get a point across. God forgive me if I'm wrong. I shouldn't do this. I was watching television the other day, and it showed this lady, and she was a cheerleader. She'd been a beauty queen or something like that, and then she showed her, dog got out of a tube and her dog like that. And she goes, I wish they'd have told me earlier about smoking. Smoking won't send you to hell. It's just, a, it's just a bad habit. But here's a kind of a good illustration. If you could see yourself healthy or see yourself talking out of a tube, what would you choose to do? 
Smoking makes me tough. Not for long. I'm just trying to paint a picture. You don't understand? If you smoke, God will help you. I'm not picking on smokers. But God is saying, here we are in the month of Elul. And that's when I realized, oh my goodness, Lord, you're showing me this because we're in that time of blowing the shofar because you're about to open the book of blessing. But let me give you one more thing. And I, I am, I am closing with this. The Bible says these are set times. Now listen to this. These are set times. What God's going to do in 30 days is unique. He will give us 10 more days after that. I'll give you a hint from Rosh Hashanah. He will sneak in 10 more days. Why? Because he wants you and I blessed. God, God will, God can turn our wrongs into rights, but he can never turn our nothing into something. That's why he wants us to do something. Amen. I read this story in this and it said this man was a righteous man. I mean, this was a, he was a ascetic. He was a pious man, a generous man. And one day his rabbi came to him and he said, Moshe's family's in trouble. They're going to raise the rent on his building and he'll have to lose his building. He'll lose his house. He'll lose his, his livelihood. He'll lose everything because the landlord's going to raise rent on his building. And so he says, would you go to, you know, the, you know, the landlord, go and speak to him and save Moshe. And he goes, okay, I will. I will. He goes, will you go today? He goes, no, I'll I'll do it later. I'll do it later. He said, I'm actually going over to another village. The rabbi is having a big celebration. We're praying together, and and I'm going there. I'll be back in two weeks. He goes, no, no, no. He said, Moshe and his wife are so distraught. They're they're afraid of losing everything. He said, go today. He goes, no, I'll I'll take care of it. So the guy goes, and he goes to the rabbi, and he's there about two, three weeks. He comes back. There's still a week to go. He goes to the landlord, and he said, listen, this is a friend of mine. The landlord says, okay, Moshi's business is saved. Several years later, this very generous, kind man goes to heaven. And he's about to walk into the pearly gates, and, the, and his angel who's escorting him says, excuse me, Lord, this man cannot come in now. He said, why not? He said, when his friend was in need, he delayed obeying what you told him to do by three weeks and his friend and his wife suffered those three weeks and god said you're right you go stand out in the garden of eden and you wait three weeks the same amount you made your friend wait because i told you to do it today and i read that and i thought how many times have i missed on a blessing that god had for me Or it was delayed because I delayed in obeying God. See the blessing. I really am closing here. I really am closing here. Let me tell you of a unique opportunity. What's the name of the country? Kazakhstan. Right now, there is a village in Kazakhstan... 
of Jews in a Muslim country that Putin is trying to bring back under the Soviet Union. In three weeks, they told us about this project. And we said, you know what? We'll, we'll pay for half of that project. They're going to bring a whole plane of young people, young adults, teenagers, and bring them out. There's a window that Kazakhstan had said, this Muslim country said, yeah, they can go. And so we said, we'll pay for half of that. We'll pay for half of that project. It's hundreds, of thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because of some people here in our church that were extremely, extremely generous in helping us buy the, the ICU unit, the ambulance for Israel, we had money left over because of their generosity. And so we said... We'll pay for the whole project. We'll pay for the whole project. And because of our partners. And so I want you to picture this. Picture the blessing that lays before you. They're going to come in a few weeks, September 2nd. We were supposed to be there. I was supposed to fly there with the Israeli government and fly back. But because of COVID, I can't. But because of the generosity of people in this building on the ambulance, we, the, the, the kids are coming first. They want to get their kids out first and then the parents and grandparents. We said, we'll pay for this too. We'll, we'll help you do this. We, we, we haven't raised that money yet, but we'll help. We'll do this. If those Jewish kids think about Bible prophecy. In the last days, God will put a hook in the mouth of Gog and Magog, Russia. Russia's raising its head again. Those kids, as Putin completes the former Soviet Union, those kids would be forced into Russian military to fight against Israel. But because of this set time, instead of becoming soldiers against Israel, they will in two or three weeks, move to Israel because of you, and they will become members of the nation of Israel. And many of them, instead of fighting against, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. They now will become members, many of them, of the Israeli uh, armed forces and be defending the land where our Messiah will come from. Isn't that awesome? So stand with me all over the building. The Bible says, don't worry about what you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, what you're going to wear. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. An ancient rabbi said this when, when we're asked to do acts of kindness. He said, you don't give kindness. You plant kindness. Because when you plant a seed of kindness, the Lord of the harvest causes that to flourish. We're in the, tomorrow night is the first day of Elul. We're meeting here. It's not a coincidence. God gave me this message. I want you to see before you, see before you, a year of God's hand covering you, 
your family, your children, your blessing. See him, see him blessing your kids at school. See him blessing your job and your business. See the shadow of the Almighty covering you. And I want to encourage you and all of you that are watching, it's not a coincidence. We have three weeks before these kids will land on the ground in Israel. Tiz and I were supposed to be there. We just can't. We, it's, if we go, we get quarantined. And see them being the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, the Gentiles will bring Jews on their shoulders and in their arms back to the nation of Israel. You talk about reversing a curse by them not being part of Russia and now being part of Israel. Don't you know, if you'll get involved with this, I would encourage every one of them, every one of you watching, we've already got this one paid for. I'm just going to tell you that because we have people in this church that stepped up to the plate and was extremely generous with us for our ambulance, our, our ICU unit, saving lives in Israel. I want to ask you to think about, pray about stepping up because once we have the kids there, let's get mom and dad and grandma and grandpa in there and be a blessing to the nation of Israel. Amen? Lift your hands towards me. Let me release a blessing on you. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Every one of us in this building, every one of our families, everyone watching by stream. Father, let us be blessed by hearing the blowing of the shofar, the sound of the trumpet, the wake up. And Father, speak to each and every one of us to be a blessing because we know every time you're getting ready to bless us, you first give us a chance to be a blessing. The father of all blessings, the birthing of all blessings, is I will bless those who bless the nation of Israel. Father, this church and all of our church around the world, our partners around the world, they have been a blessing to Israel. And I release, oh, there it is right there. Lift your hands up. Oh, man. Oh, lift your hands up. I hope you can feel this. God is moving in your family, amongst your children, amongst your grandchildren. Just lift your hands up. I just feel the, the power. Guys, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. There is a wave of the Holy Spirit. There's healing taking place in homes, in bodies, in lives, in families, in businesses, in the name of Jesus. There is a releasing. If you speak in, in tongues, go ahead and just speak softly. Father, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, we release this and we receive it and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Look at me. How many are ready to live this whole next year under the shadow of the blessing of Almighty God? Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. We love you.